For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to the Speaking Podcast. As we have been doing from time to time throughout these horrendous lockdowns, we've been speaking COVID today. Joining me once again, New Jersey Doc Dr. Craig Wax, he has been an outspoken advocate for folks to think before you jab, learn, informed consent, all of these things having to do with whether it's masking of kids or taking this experimental shot. And uh, we thought we'd bring it back today. Today, as we're recording this, you're hearing this um, in the middle of the week, but this is Monday, the 17th of May, the day that all the kids in the UK unmasked. Welcome back, Doc. How are you? Well, thank you, Bill. It's always a pleasure to be on with you for a for a man who thinks, does his research, and uh, and has a, has an open mic and uh, an open mind, and that's really really important because if everybody had an open mind and an open mic, it would be the society that we'd want. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was thinking, Doc, that that uh, uh, over the weekend. Many people, we did a little traveling this weekend. We've got friends and family in New England, and we're, we've been back and forth throughout. And, and uh, a lot of our friends were texting pictures of them in New Jersey restaurants and bars. People filled up, no masks, even though on Friday the governor extended for 30 days the emergency orders. Uh, Hawaii and New Jersey are the only two states left with indoor mask mandates on the books. Everywhere else, they've either either ended it completely or uh, announced an end date. Um, and I wanted to ask you, given the contrast with the UK and the fact that people are just starting to come back to normal, um, what, Texas what are you? Numbers have have plummeted since they've opened up. California's opened up. The numbers have plummeted to just about zero. And I, I don't know what more a person could ask for because zero is is better than you could hope for. And it's somewhat unrealistic, even. But still. You know, and that I think that speaks a lot for all these mitigation measures, which haven't worked, you know, and the flip flopping of the Fed and Fauci and, you know, the head of the CDC, Dr. Walensky. It's it seems more political and let's say crony capitalism rather than the true thing of competition well, and real capitalism. And before uh, Walensky, you had uh, Dr. Redfield at the CDC saying the mask was was actually more important than the vaccine. Here's what I wanted to get your expert opinion on. Just sure. really, we have a lot to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about cancel culture and how even doctors using the CDC's own numbers sometimes get put into Twitter jail and bounced off of Facebook. Correct. Um, when, when they talk about the masks for now, you've got major corporations around the country saying no masks in our stores. I, I suspect eventually the employees will not have to wear them either. Um, they're, they're basically saying if you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask. And the CDC came out and said as much. The question is, if the masks were intended not to protect the wearer, but to protect people around the wearer, right. and Big Pharma tells us that you will still get COVID and can potentially still spread it with the vaccine, is this not the most inconsistent policy decision yet? 
Oh, ab absolutely. And anybody who's been following Fauci from the beginning of all of this last year to now has seen flip flops, you know, no masks, they're unhealthy, they restrict your immune system, your ability to breathe, it's not necessary, it's, it's not healthy, all the way to maybe you should wear two masks and get the vaccine. So it's <laughs> It's been unbelievable flip-flopping. In fact, for those of us that are middle-aged and older, he's, he's actually been compared to, there was a comedian in the 60s, 70s, 80s, whose name was Professor Irwin Corey. And he used to come out and he was used to be called the, the foremost expert, as in on everything. And he would just come out and talk, talk in a circle and talk in circles and keep contradicting himself. And it was funny until it becomes the person who's helping you make your health policy. And then it's, it's harmful, it's upsetting, and, it's, and it creates division in our society. And, and there really shouldn't be division. We shouldn't have the maskers and the mask lessers or the vaxxers and the non-vaxxers. I mean, can't we all just get along? We've heard that before. And, you know, it's a great point. I, I was using the, uh, the Dr. Seuss reference of the star-bellied sneeches and the star sneech without. Sneech, yes. I, I am a sneech without, uh, as I have not gotten the vaccine, uh, but, but not even as a protest. I am a healthy middle-aged guy. I, you know, I'm doing hot yoga five times a week. I work out every day in the morning before the show. Uh, I yeah. eat very healthy. And, and, and you know, I haven't ha literally haven't had so much as a cold in three years. So the question is, um, when you look at the numbers to what you're saying, you look at the numbers in the UK and Wales and other countries, Sweden, other places that are now, uh, well, Sweden never locked down, but that are now saying, open hey, school. Done. Open right. Schools. Open the schools. 1.8 million kids stayed in school. Not one died. Same thing happened in Georgia. If you remember, Georgia uh, reopened their schools before just about anybody. And there was horror on the TV news. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have massive deaths because uh, you had kids in high school without masks on. And of course, uh, something they, they about had Neanderthals or the like, something about Neanderthal. Something about that. Exactly um, what it was. But they could only identify one student and one teacher that uh, that died uh, testing positive with COVID and no mention of comorbidities, et cetera. So here's and the parochial point. schools, Catholic schools, Christian right. schools, Jewish Stayed schools open. have done it across the, our country, in our very own country, with our own environment, our own, own people, our own immune systems, and they've done well. And there's no reason that the public schools shouldn't have taken this advantage and taken this under advisement for opportunity last year. I mean, we, we should have started in September full open after doing four months of two weeks to stop the spread. And then right. now we're on like a year and a half. Day, day 428, Monday. Monday marked day wow. 428 of 15 days to stop the spread. Um, and, and now let me ask you, the, the, for the vaccine, let's talk about that for a minute, because that sure. is what got, uh, got me dropped from YouTube and put in YouTube jail for seven days, a conversation about the vaccine and, and the masks. But the issue is that you've been using medical research. I've been using medical research. You actually are a medical professional. Uh, from your standpoint, why do you think there is such a politicization of the vaccine? Whereas normal interaction, you would think, look, guys, it's an experiment. Good news. COVID dropped through the floor. It's no longer a threat. Whoo. Hey, and we have a vaccine if we ever need it. Uh, why isn't that the lead of the conversation? Well, it's very difficult because, you know, politics has poisoned everything. And we're not just talking in, in the last two years, four years, but um, decades and decades and probably since the beginning, because whenever someone can use tax money 
and buy things for people and buy votes with them. That's kind of the beginning of the end of the Republic. And unfortunately, you know, uh, you know, you can buy politicians and, and it's sad and it's, it's horrible and awful. And um, it shouldn't be that way because the vaccine in and of itself is a pretty incredible development that came at lightning speed, a warp speed, if you will. Now, I'm not taking a position on whether it's good or whether it's bad, Mm -hmm. but my thought was it was an experiment for seniors, people over 70 years old, people with concomitant medical illnesses or, um, or the like, not necessarily for young, healthy people that have, you know, a much higher incidents of being struck by lightning than dying of COVID, because that's, you know, absolutely ridiculous. Um, Think about this, you know, teachers and the um, unions and things that have kept schools closed have all said, well, we want our teachers to be ultimately safe. And well, we've studied the schools and, you know, kids and teachers don't spread it in schools. They spread it in their home lives. And teachers and students have a much higher rate of being killed in auto accidents going to or from school. And we don't have, you know, uh, we have informed consent with driving, but we don't have it with the vaccine because the vaccine was rushed. They skipped a lot of the necessary studies in, in the favor of time. And again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm vaccinated for a lot of things. My kids are vaccinated for a lot of things. I, I'm a conscientious objector against this one because I don't feel I should be strong arm into doing it to either maintain my medical license, maintain my practice, eat at a restaurant, not wear a mask, or for my kids to be educated in the college that we're paying for. It it is literally unbelievable. And there's pushback, actually. Um, This Friday, there's going to be a rally. That's the 21st, I believe, at um, at 11 a.m. on the Rutgers campus at College Ave, exit 9, uh, for those people here in New Jersey. uh, You know, what exit are you at? You know, I'm I'm exit 2, but I could go up to 9. You know, I, I seldom get beyond that. I get a nosebleed. But tell me about you're speaking at this rally, and this is about um, uh, about pushing back on the forced vaccinations. Tell me from your perspective, first as a doc, and then uh, maybe shed some light on some of the lawyers that you've talked to, and some of the folks that are coming out and saying, "Look, this is not informed consent." Uh, to make it mandatory is a violation of pretty much every ethical code you can imagine. And is. most likely it is illegal. Uh, how are you going to approach that? those remarks on Friday? Well, I mean, it, it needs to be simple. And um, we'll see if there's uh, time for me to speak. Um, I, I would certainly would be flattered and honored if, uh, if, if the opportunity presents. But I will be there in support, as, as I hope a lot of not only New Jerseyans, but Northeastern Americans that feel strongly about having the choice. Informed consent is something that goes back to the days of Hippocrates. If I was going to give you something, whether it's mercury or a vaccine or amoxicillin, um, I would have to tell you what our goal is, is this. What might happen is this. What negatively might happen is this. And here's what's unknown. And here's about what it costs and what you can expect. So you kind of set an expectation, but you do have to set them up for what's possibly the worst thing. I mean, we could give, we could give uh, literally something as relatively benign as the Tylenol, but if they take a bottle of it, they're going to wind up in the hospital with a dead liver. You know, so um, it's important to understand that. And unfortunately, with these vaccines rushed as they are, they're not FDA approved to diagnose treat or prevent any illness. 
their own emergency use authorization. And this originally was just supposed to be for the seniors that were dying in nursing homes, you know, and we can talk all about governors who forced nursing homes to take sick people that weren't their, even their own patients before they knew how to cope with them, you know, in another podcast, uh, given a few hours. Um, having said all of that, everybody has the right to informed consent, and that's not what's happening right now. So whether you're pro-vaccines in general, anti-vaccines in general, or just questioning the efficacy and safety of this particular vaccine, and not, not necessarily for everybody, but only in one population, like your college student. For example, um, I, have, I have a daughter that goes to college. She and I both had COVID in December. We now have robust antibodies, B cells, T cells, and we've measured the antibodies via laboratory to try and give an opportunity. And her college says, don't come back in September to be on campus unless you have taken the shot. Now, the problem is most of the illnesses and reactions and even more than 4,000 deaths are likely to people that haven't been screened and were just given the vaccine because they showed up because they were scared and anxious and told to do this, um, that these people that have had the disease, basically, uh, let me explain it. Um, so when you've had COVID, you develop antibodies, you develop B cells, you develop T cells that are all ready to go after the thing. Now, if you take the people that are vaccinated, they only have you know, some of that. So if you think about it, if you add the vaccine to someone that's had COVID, it doesn't make four, it just makes a different three. So if you think about it, you're not adding anything that won't help them. Having said all of that, if they take it, the vaccine tells your ribosomes to make the T-spike protein. And that thing is really, really inflammatory, causes blood clots and, and lots of other maladies and potential death. And now your body that's seen this guy before breaking in the window attacks itself. And that's where the problem happens because people that have robust immunity should not be forced to take an experimental intervention like the COVID-19 mRNA and DNA interventions. They're not even true vaccines, frankly and honestly. Um, it causes a tremendous amount of risk to that person. And who knows who's had the disease, who hasn't had the disease. One of the reasons that we've reached herd immunity at this point wasn't necessarily because of the vaccines. You can still get the disease and the virus when you've had the vaccine. We've seen it time and time again. People have been shot once, shot twice. Oh my gosh, I still got COVID. Now, maybe it will reduce the amount of disease burden they will get. I mean, that's the goal, and it's and it's a good but goal. But let, let's go back However, to that. it doesn't make sense to vaccinate everybody under every circumstance. Right. People are individuals. You must have informed consent, and that is so, lacking. And violence. Let me ask you about that, Doc. Um, your explanation for most people that's going to be very, very confusing, right? You think about uh, mRNA and the spike proteins. I love that three fingers in one. I get it because if I don't have the antibodies, the T cells and the B cells, because I've never had it, the right. vaccine comes in and says, "Hey, here I am. I'm going to join the fight if you get it." But if I've already had it, now we're we're replacing something that I've already developed naturally. And even Merck, the pharmaceutical giant came out and said, we are discontinuing our research on two different vaccines because we found that the natural body, um, the natural infection, which actually stronger fighting the infection than 
their vaccine would have. So, and then we heard- And, and, it, and it always is, it, it always is. I mean, we don't want vulnerable populations like seniors and others to get COVID-19, which is SARS-CoV-2 is the fancy name for it. But for populations that aren't at risk, the vaccine isn't even appropriately recommended. I mean, they've recommended it for um, young people who, who won't get the disease, or if they do, it'll be mild, self-limited. Right. And early treatment works. If you go onto Twitter and you hashtag early treatment works, you'll see a lot of information from myself and other physicians and entities that are trying to represent. There's a ton we can do for this. One of the boats that was missed in addition to prevention was early treatment. And it's still out there. It's just the FDA hasn't got behind it. In fact, they've limited it. They're actually taking N-acetylcysteine off the open market, which is something that we doctors use for liver disease. It, it becomes glutathione in the body. And it's, it's a great, great um, product that works really well. And we've used it for the last two years to, to treat you know, people with COVID. And the FDA announced two days ago that I'm sorry, we're taking that off the market and it's got to be prescription only now. Now, During the pandemic. And, and, and what you're thinking, I mean, if you look at when you say early prevention, um, you look at early treatments, vitamin right. D, they found a vitamin D deficiency in most of the people that have died with that COVID. Right. So that's something that doesn't get talked to. As a matter of fact, if you talk about that too much, on social media, they pull you. Your account suspended. You'll get dropped. Um, you've been put in Twitter jail. Many people that we've talked to have been put in Twitter jail. How how does that feel as a doctor? One to of my colleagues, actually, that's um, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who has been a, a leader in this. He's testified before Congress. He's been a professional witness on this, and he's a, a cardiologist down at Baylor in Texas. Dr. Peter McCullough. In fact, if you go to my website, healthisnumberone.com, spelled in words. On the bottom of the face page, you'll see a video where I interviewed him about the whole COVID nightmare and the early treatment that has been so missing from all of this. Um, having said all of that, he's in Twitter jail at the moment for, you know, all you have to do is question mm -hmm. the establishment, question vaccines, question Dr. Fauci, and all of a sudden you have no right to speak any longer. Free speech is, is absent without leave. What do you say to people that hide behind capitalism? I, I, I have challenged them often saying, you know, even a small business doesn't have the right to compromise your health if they are on the open market. You have no right to discriminate. Uh, that said, people, I love to hear the far left, especially uh, coming out and, and defending Twitter and Facebook and Google and these giant mecca companies uh, because they say, well, private property. Well, I'm going to throw out there that private entities do have the right to do what they wish to do. Like if you walk into an establishment and they feel they want make people to mask, they have the right to do that. You can shop there or not shop there. If people don't want to mask, that's a right. You can shop there or not shop there. It's just like the guy who was baking a cake and they were trying to say, hey, you have to make this cake. Well, you don't have to shop there. You can put the guy out of business economically. You don't need the largesse of government to force somebody do what they don't believe in doing. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the issue is crony capitalism when you're paying legislators to take your um, competition out of the mix. That's the huge, huge problem that, that we have here. How do you fight it as a doctor when you're talking about, I mean, there's no question that social media giants are way beyond a small mom and pop store. This is all well, let about- me, Let me mention something about that to you also, because 
online has become the new town square. I mean, you know, I know you guys work with town square media, so I, you know, I don't want to take their name in vain, but having said all of that online is the new town square. So if you post something on Facebook, it's like standing at the center of your town at the, at the, at the, um, at the major hall where the big clock tower is in the court and saying your piece and people are listening or walking by you. Now it's online. So the government and people are going to have to decide if these need to be regulated like utilities or they can continue to be private. And, and that's a huge problem because up until this point, they've been protected because they said, hey, we're like the town square. You can post anything and, and we're not responsible. So, and the government said what they always say, okay, if you're just gonna let people post stuff, you're not responsible, we'll absolve you of that. Now, all of a sudden in the last two years, oh, this is irresponsible, you can't post that. This is irresponsible, you can't post that. I'm gonna punish you because of this. Well, guess what? Now they're becoming a publisher. They're deciding what you can and can't hear. That's very, very different from being the town square or um, a, a, a board where you can just post things. So one of the people that are, that are in this fight is uh, Dana Wafer, spelled W-E-F-E-R. She's in a law firm in North Jersey, and she's working on establishing suits against Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and all of the others. And you know what? Sometimes it takes, you know, just someone with a rock to be able to take out the big guy. And that's going to be important. So if any of you has questions, um, legal or otherwise, or you live and work in New Jersey and you've been thrown off social media, you've had your business destroyed or just your information taken off. Like, for example, like myself, I've posted information for people to think about. It's not medical advice per se. It's general information for them to think about and respond to kind of what like what you do every day, Bill, with your microphone. It's the same idea. And with my radio show, you know, at Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. Forgive me for the plug. No, um, I love it. Plug away. Having said all of that, it's really, really important that we all defend our freedoms in this way. Private businesses can do what they want, but if they're gonna act like publishers, they have to be responsible for their own and be able to be sued. And that's the last thing is, is that all the vaccine manufacturers, whether Moderna or Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, um, Pfizer, they're not responsible for any outcomes here. And, and that is probably the crime of the century with regard to capitalism, because since the 80s, they have made the government in charge of collecting data on that and, and, and assigning penalties and doing all of that stuff and taking the hits from people. And of course, we're all funding that. So we're offloading all of the responsibility onto the government, which loads it onto the backs of people. And that's, that's huge. And that's, and that's potentially a really, really bad thing. Because if you make a product that's good, great. If you make a product that's bad, you should pay the price and you should be out of business well, and penalized if you knew if, it was bad. If your product kills people, certainly, right? And, and that, you know, and there's no way around the idea that, that we've had more than 4,000 deaths reported through the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System that is hosted and run by Health and Human Services, the Department of the yep. Federal Government. That said, uh, the, the pro-COVID-vax cult almost at this point uh, will tell you that those deaths are unrelated, there's not enough information. However, when- Can I give you a scenario, old age, with the, If you look at the Nevada Department of Health, within 30 days of a positive test, 
they're called the COVID death. So the, 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 literally the hypocrisy, I, I've never seen it this Well, it's flip-flop from dying with COVID and dying from COVID, all mm. being dying from COVID. And now all of a sudden it's dying with COVID with the vaccine versus just having the vaccine versus um, having just COVID and not the vaccine. It's, it's, it's really a stellar hypocrisy. And just yeah. one quick uh, aside, if you don't mind, I know a person, a 31-year-old male, um, generally as well, he and his wife got pregnant for the first time. And because of the um, CDC and their physicians, they had recommended that, that the pregnant wife in the first trimester get the COVID vaccine. And she got one of the mRNA ones. It might've been Moderna, but they're kind of the same idea. So she got a little sick with the first one. With the second one, it was the 12th week of pregnancy. Three days after the vaccine, they did an ultrasound and the baby's heart had stopped. So they had a fetal demise. Now you can ask yourself, was that caused because of the vaccine or was that unrelated first trimester stuff, which can happen? It needs to be investigated. And I don't think you can whitewash it either way. But for me, if it were my wife and she were pregnant, we wouldn't have the have the um wherewithal to participate in this grand experiment and we should have the right not to and our kids should be able to be in school without participating in the grand experiment if they wish and and to that point you go back into the 70s and and other times you go back 10 20 30 40 years we've attempted things like this and then years later you find out birth defects um people that have have horrific consequences and they say oh well that may have been related back to when we rushed this product and and so to to that to that end, um, I uh, I actually did I uh, got a um, I uh, I actually did I uh, got a message from Dana Weaver. We're going to be talking hopefully later today, and I'm going to get her on the podcast because I want this to be a resource for folks to understand that you are not alone. And uh, if you could just doc as we wrap up, uh, what's the status? What are you hearing? Because I've seen some of your tweets that there are literally thousands of lawsuits now that have been filed against mandatory vaccines and many doctors. Absolutely. Well, let me just throw out some things. So just let's take the universities for uh, example. They say that we'll offer you a medical exemption if you can demonstrate it or a religious exemption. Let's take the religious ones first, because who can argue with what your belief in God is? I don't think anybody can. However, the universities will tell you that your authority isn't there and you can't have that. In fact, there's even a Catholic university that says religious exemptions won't work with them, which surprises me a lot considering. But at any rate, so that takes away that avenue. Now you still have the medical one. Well, for my daughter, for instance, we sent her school a letter saying, I think this would be foolhardy and problematic. She has COVID. She would add to actually your school's herd immunity because she's immune to the thing. She's better than a person in a mask or a person with a vaccine or a person with a vaccine in a mask. And if you force her to get the vaccine, she could be harmed. They said, well, that's not medical either. So you can't have that. So Houston, we have a big problem. They've taken away religious. They've taken away medical. Now there's no way out but to do it. Hope for the best. And you know, I think that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing every day and hoping for a different result tomorrow. So one of the places you can go are to some law firms like uh, Dana Wafers, like we were talking about. But also, I think the, the, the groundbreaking thing here is if somebody works for an employer or goes to a school or is employed by the school, like a, a resident assistant or something that also goes there and they're telling them, no, sorry, you can't have this exemption. 
I think what you need to do is you need to have the doctors and the lawyers get together on the Americans with Disabilities Act because they have to make reasonable accommodations. And, and that I think is the linchpin of all of this. And I, I came to this notion after a, a 30 mile recumbent bike ride and consultations with the best lawyers and physicians that I know in order to try to figure out which way to go. So I would say the Americans with Disabilities Act is gonna be the next frontier for both students and employees and others who don't wish to participate in the grand experiment. Will there be links on your website, Doc? That people yeah, can I can definitely uh, see that they get up there. Healthisnumberone.com. Health is N-U-M-B-E-R-O-N-E.com. Uh, all words. Healthisnumberone.com. I'm going to link that in the post with this podcast episode. Okay. So you as can soon link as you to my Twitter also at the at symbol, Dr. Craig Wax, D-R-C-R-A-I-G. I'm going to promote it all uh, because I letters. think. What more people need to hear from you, right? And, and, and with your show and my show and this podcast, I think more people are starting to hear it and, and at least understand that help is on the way, help is out there. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of us who are on the same page saying, you can't force me. I'll leave you with this one thought. I said this today, uh, as Monday marked day 428 or 15 to stop the spread, what most people don't realize is in America right now, COVID is almost gone yet only 36% of the population are vaccinated. So 65%, two thirds of the country, not vaccinated. And things are back to normal in just Natural about- Natural immunity, Bill. Natural yeah. immunity works. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, especially when someone at risk has to gain it the hard way. But I'll tell you what, um, for people that have gained natural immunity, God bless them. They are they are going to save save the world from all of this, yeah. assuming nobody tampers and spreads viruses again. <laughs> right enough is enough i got you hey you're a good company dr marty mccary from johns hopkins is saying the same thing and has been now for several months and he was one of the uh, ones back when johns hopkins was running all of the the fear charts and he's come out and said natural immunity is critical more than 200 million americans have already had it it's time for us to move on so dr peter doc, mccullough at baylor is also on that page when he gets I'm, i'd like to get him on if you would introduce us doc I'd like to get Peter McCullough on as well. Maybe I'll have both of you on. Happy to. Okay, so maybe if you don't mind, connect us, and maybe we'll get a couple of docs on and have this conversation. I, I had a, the privilege of interviewing uh, Dr. Martin Kuldor from Harvard University Medical School. Fantastic, brilliant mind. But again, right connected. in line. Yeah. What's that? I think I connected you guys. I think you did. And he, he was, it worked out. It worked out great. He was, he fantastic. was in Twitter jail also. For, yeah. for saying natural immunity is the important thing here. And whether you're trying to get it or not trying to get it, you know, like when moms were the epidemiologists of having, you know, kids with uh, certain viral illnesses go mm. play with the others down the street so that everybody got through with it and yeah. gained immunity. And eat more dirt. Yeah. Well, you got to <laughs> eat a pound before you get out of China. Eat a pound. Nowadays, kids, kids can't do it. Doc, good luck at the rally on the 21st. Uh, check back in after the rally for sure, and, and we'll have you back on soon. Can I give you a fist bump there? There we go. Awesome. All right, man. Do well. Great. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, make Doc. Them, make them think. Make them think. That's exactly it. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. Take care, Doc.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.